Welcome to the Let That Go Show with Kasira McKee and Richard Skipper. This show is based on Kasira's book, Let That Go, where she guides people in completely blessing and releasing people, places, and all kinds of things. Kasira and Richard share personal insights and experiences based on concepts in Kasira's book with guests and you, their co-hosts. Are you ready to let that go? Let's go. Hello, Kasira. Don't you love our new opening? That was fun. It's fun. I it was well, fun. And I, I love the vocalist. I wonder who she is. Hmm, I wonder. Well, and I also want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Tess LaBella. Who does yes, darling. Mm-hmm. Yes, we love that voiceover. So tonight. I love her. I love her voice. I, I just want to go have lunch with her and buy her a cup of tea or maybe a bottle of wine. I don't know. Now she I love one, I love her voice. She is one person that we are not going to let go of. But tonight no. we're going to be talking about several things that we're going to be letting go of. And I had an epiphany moment. Yes, uh, I want to hear your story. Yes, because yesterday uh, you gave me a call uh, questioning something that I did. And I won't go into detail. Yesterday? Yesterday, yes. Was it, I thought it was today. No, you called me yesterday. Oh, did I? Okay. Yes. My so, life is a blur. And I got to thinking about this, and you you, you questioned a certain action that I did. Oh, on, I, I see. I see. Yes. Okay. Based on the content. And uh-huh. I posted something because I wanted to be, and I told you this, to be magnanimous. And then this morning when I went for my morning walk, as I do uh-huh. every morning, right. I had like this epiphany moment. And I thought, Number one, that does not is that is not in alignment with who I am, uh, and it's not in alignment with who I am because it doesn't share the positivity that I share. Um, it doesn't share because that it, it's a certain person. I know it's a certain energy. Me. It's a certain energy. It's an energy that mm-hmm. doesn't promote and. Uh, promote or exude positivity. And I just thought, I'm going to do a nice thing for that person. But I realized this morning that by doing that, I am Mm -hmm. just continuing to put that energy out into the world. Perpetuating the negativity. And it's not a good thing to do. Even Even though my intention was to do a nice thing for somebody else. Uh, So thank you for that wake up call. Did you take the post down? I haven't gotten there yet. Okay. Not because. So, do you, so you understand why I made that phone call? Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah, I was. It was my intention was not for you to do anything. It was just to think about it. It wasn't exactly. to make you do anything. It was just to ask you, you know, why. Okay. And I know that tonight we're going to be talking about letting go of material things, and we're going mm-hmm. to get to that. Uh, a little deeper into the show sure. today. But I want to start before we get there because of social okay. media and everything. And, you know, right now, especially, a lot of people want to share every aspect of their lives. And I understand not me. that. Well, I'm not, uh, I don't either. Uh, I don't share very private moments of my life. And right. I share uh, things uh, that uh, my private life is my private life that will yeah. remain private. Uh, and, uh, but two things jumped out at me yesterday and, uh, 
and I want to, and I'm going to be, these are in, these are vagaries. So these could refer to anybody who happens mm -hmm. to be on social media, mm -hmm. but, and I had a conversation with, uh, this friend of mine. And I said, anytime that you feel that you are in the going down the rabbit hole, feel free to pick up the phone and call me. I will make myself available. <laughs> to you. No, I, I, I seriously, because she was very upset about something that she felt that someone else was saying or doing behind her back uh -huh. and putting it out there. And I said, well, first of all, you're not responsible for what anyone else says or does. No, you're also not responsible for how other people will respond to what mm -hmm. people say or do. And can't uh, control them. Can't control, can't control them. it. Mm -hmm. And we can do until we're blue in the face. Uh, mm -hmm. We all desire to be perceived a certain way in the world. Uh, and we, especially in the business that you and I are in, mm -hmm. uh, you've written a book. Let that go. Yeah. When that book was quote unquote completed, because I don't think it's ever completed. Uh, no, never. My friends begged me to finish this book. I wrote it for three years. I'm like, for God's sake, just publish the book. And I'm like, all yes. right, fine. But because every day, every day is a learning experience about this subject. You you realize that. And I, I work my work every day, every single day. Right. Yeah. But there comes a day where you need to release it and let it go mm -hmm. into the world so that people have a physical thing in their hands. Mm -hmm. And you've done that. Uh, I think that uh, within the next, I'm going to say six months, you need to, uh, well, I shouldn't tell you what you need to do. Oh, but really, Richard? I'm going to make a suggestion <laughs> that you do an you audio. Want me, you want me to do a second volume? Uh, no, uh, an audio book. Of this book oh yes i've had a lot of people here's the deal i published this through amazon amazon does not support audiobooks through their publishing what i require is a publisher through, through their publishing yeah they don't they, yeah they won't let me do an audiobook i would like a publisher and just in case anybody else out there wants to know i would love for hey books to take me on as a client I would, I quote Louise Hay in my book. I would love for Louise Hay's book, you know, publishing company to take me on and publish me. I'd love it. I'd freaking love it. Yet they have to give me artistic license. I uh, will not, they, they will not control me. They will not tell me I can't do this or I can't do that in a, you know, in, in my shows or whatever. I get artistic license, but I agree with you. And my friends have asked me to do the voiceover myself. Although I have a little bit of a, you know, I, have, I got a little Southern twang. Sorry. Uh, yet I have been asked to do an audio book and I would love for people to listen to my book when they're driving around in the car and, you know, or they're you know, in a situation that they're uncomfortable or if they're at work and they're having issues, put that book on, baby, and listen to my book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'd love that, too. I, I'm on your page, Richard. Uh, Natasha, um Amazon does have Audible books, but she is talking about self-publishing. It's a completely different uh, ball of wax. Yeah, it's a totally uh, different animal. I self-published through Amazon. Um, I did shop the book, and they told me, no, every, it's, it's too, you know, I'm going to say this out loud right now, with the exception of a couple of publishing companies. Some 
the publishing industry has a tendency to dumb down books. And you can see that in children's books. They dumb down children's books. Because I wrote two children's books that were really amazing. That everybody that read them, and my close people loved them. Yet it was like, yeah, it's really not what we're looking for. No, because I, I don't write chick books. And I don't write dumbed down children's books. You know, I and self-help books, there's some things that are out there. But if you notice, people like David Wilcox, self-published. Uh, there's a lot of self-help books that are self-published mm -hmm. because the publishing companies don't support certain content, if, you, if I might say that myself. But I, I think the Hay books would be the perfect, you know, I've, I've tried to, uh, you know, all publishing companies are very uh, sort of uh, sequestered and they do, they, uh, Hay books does have a program where you can buy into learning how to write and publish a book. I don't need to learn that. I just want them to publish the damn book. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the I love Louise is, Hay. We, the book is, uh, it, it, it has become a part of my, I, as you know, I do my morning pages every morning. And this is part of my routine. Yeah. I make sure that six to seven pages of your book Aww. every morning. Thank you, darling. And so it's become a part of my process. But getting back to my friend yesterday, uh, I spoke with her and she actually took her post down because I said, you are putting a message into the world mm -hmm. and you are putting a, an image into the world yeah. of you being a victim. And you- I, That's in my book, Being a Professional Victim. Yeah. Yes, mm -hmm. it, of course yeah. it's in your book. I, I'm learning from the, uh, from the goddess. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer diva. I'm not quite at goddess stature, but thank you. Thank you for that. And maybe you know, and this morning I saw, you know, yet another friend of mine. Uh -huh. uh, she, she's, you know, we've in the theater, uh, we've been dealing with a lot of loss lately. And uh, she did uh -huh. a post this morning and she talked about, you know, she's been dealing with a lot of grief and a lot of loss and everything. Uh -huh. And she uh -huh. said, I'm sorry to bring you all down. Um, but when it's, and with all due respect and apologies, uh, if you put it out there every day, that grief is going to continue to hang over you. Uh, and I, you need, I, well, I don't want to say the word need. Okay. Um, I want to so Richard, can I, can I interrupt you for a minute? Yes. Grief is a feeling. It's a, it's a, it's an, I, it's in my book in the chapter on why we hold on to feelings. Grief is an onion of feelings. Grief can, is a combination of many, 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 many feelings. The only feeling that's probably not involved is joy. It's a combination of a lot of different kinds of feelings. It's not just a feeling. It's a combination of feelings. And again, it's a, it's a layered onion. Okay. Continue. But I, one thing that I've noticed with mm -hmm. bar none, people will post on social media about mm -hmm. how miserable they are or how upset they are about a loss or something. Mm -hmm. And I will go on and say, I'm available for you. I'm there to talk. I'm there to reach out, you know, if you mm -hmm. need to reach out or anything. For some, maybe for all, mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to remain in that grief and that pain rather 
than to try to reach out to try to get out of it. Yeah. And of course, you know, I do count, I count, I'm a counselor. I do online counseling for people to let go of things. This is a really great segue to releasing material things because a lot of people will not release old things that belong to someone else because it's connected to their grief. It's connected to that person. Can't let go of the grief. They can't let go of the person. They won't. You know, I don't like the word can't. Uh, they won't let go of that person. They won't let go of the grief. So they won't let go of the material things. Now, I'm not talking about family heirlooms. I'm not talking about, you know, pieces of furniture that are in really great condition that were left to you by a family member, you know, things that are usable. Uh, yet when I, you know, I've, I've relocated to lots of different coasts several times in my life. And the last time I moved, I let go of two pieces of amazing furniture that belonged to my fraternal grandparents. I gave them to a cousin. In fact, I gave a lot of things to family members. Why? I don't have any children to hand them down to. What's the point of me hanging on to them? You know, my I'm going to outlive my dogs. My dogs aren't going to be able to use an armoire if, if I die before they do, you know, or the dining room table, you know. So I, as a gift, I let go of um, some beautiful furniture to people in my family for them to enjoy and enjoy the memories. And I let just completely let go of it. One piece I grew up with, I've had since I was a child and I let go of it because it just made sense. It didn't mean I was letting go of the memory of that person. It meant I was letting go of that physical wooden thing that I just, I didn't want to move and I didn't want to damage it anymore. You know what I mean? Um, we hope we do have the, I, you know, my friend, I'm not going to mention his name, but I have a very dear friend in Dallas who still had a coat that belonged to a very dear friend that passed away. And he had a mutual friend in New York of that, that same person. He went to New York for a visit. Oh, actually he was on a cooking reality show, which I also cannot name yet. He took that coat with him and he gave it to that person. He gave that coat to that other person, which meant a whole lot to her. You know, it was a meaningful way to give away something that wasn't useful for him anymore, yet gave it to somebody that really appreciated it. Yet we do have a tendency to hold on to things. Um, part of it is grief. Part of it is memory of something else, of someone else. And a lot of it is just memories. I know a woman who was a second wife of a man who was like a dad to me. And she had her own room. It was, she, it was like her guest room. Yet one of the closets was filled up to the brim of boxes of old newspapers that he would not get rid of. And I said, honey, this is your room now. She goes, yes, but he won't get rid of all these newspapers. And I said, what's, he doesn't read these newspapers. What's the, what's the, she said, I don't know. And after he died, she finally got rid of those newspapers. It took him dying to get rid of a closet full of newspapers. Did she and ever did, ask him about that? I suppose. And he, his answer was, I'm just not getting rid of them. When we pass on later in life and the younger generations are there to clean stuff out, I guarantee you they're not going to want 80% of what you've got unless it's sellable. Mm -hmm. Unless it's worth money, they're not going to want your Hummel collection. 
they're not wanna they're not going to want your collection of cupie dolls. They're not, you know what I mean? Pro unless people typically when when we pass away and somebody inherits stuff, they have an estate sale and they get rid of it. They don't want it anyway. They don't desire it anyway. They don't require it for their use. Does that make sense to everybody? It makes perfect sense. And you know, but studies are showing that more and more this next generations these uh, uh we've gone uh, gen, gen xers i think they're called now uh -huh. or have they gone beyond that uh -huh. are they still gen xers i don't know well is that what they are they, what are they called they, now they're, i'm, they're I'm not sure because we've gone so many to, from so many titles there are so many titles now but this the young these next generations of young adults that mm -hmm. are going into young adulthood. Studies mm -hmm. are showing that they are not interested no. on those heirlooms that belong to, mm -hmm. I, I don't know if it's a, a matter of uh, going into life with less baggage or less uh, to hold on to. Uh, but I think uh, you know, I had a friend who is a massive collector. Uh, he uh -huh. has one of the largest collections. I, I don't wanna give his, uh, in my way, but he collects uh, memorabilia related to a certain film. And he has enough to fill four warehouses that he's been Damn. collecting. Damn! That's a he, lot of rent, baby. It's a lot. He has been on uh, many television shows. Wow. On this show. That's uh, a lot. He, he is collected. And, it's an expense. And he had someone recently steal something from him Ooh. and believe it or not what they stole from him mm -hmm. was very minor mm -hmm. it was like a candle and it threw him into such a tizzy and i again i had a conversation to uh, with him and my conversation with him the that can be replaced Yes, that this one item that you're referring to that you're so mm -hmm. upset about can be replaced. And I actually had someone, a friend, uh, steal something from our house once. Oh. And I confronted them on it. And mm -hmm. eventually, I mean, they were appalled that I would, uh, you know, mm -hmm. bring that up. But mm -hmm. when they, it was finally brought to my attention that they did accidentally uh, walk out with this item from my house. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You think, and it was something that would not matter to anybody else. It was uh -huh. just, it just, it was, it just belonged to me. And the fact that it belonged to me, that somebody would take something that was mine. But again, why does it matter? Yeah. And here, and can I just read some comments? Yes. Doug McAllister says, I'm so fortunate to have a son that is so into the family items and in, in the history and the research behind it. It, it. it makes me happy to give him things. Good idea. Give your, ask your family if they want some stuff. And Ampico says, I have also given items that meant a lot to me to, re to the recipient that values it. Yes. Now, I, Cherie Callahan says, I had to let go of my young Chang upright piano nine years ago when I moved to Myrtle Beach. It was the hardest thing I had to do. So I want to ask Cherie, please comment. Are you are you okay with living without that now? I bet you are. Now, Natasha, we know Natasha, 
says, yes. I still have my grandmother's fur coat and I may give it to someone who would really appreciate it from the 20s or 30s. Yes, Natasha. My grandmother left me her wool coat from Neiman's with the mink collar and I wore it to death until it was molting and I gave it away. <laughs> I sent it to a thrift store, you know. Uh, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, oh, can I respond to Natasha for a moment? Uh -huh. everybody's, says, everybody's hashtagging justice. Why is that? I thought hashtag well, was justice is my word of the day. Because oh, okay. Uh, but uh, Natasha says her ex-landlord made her put 90% of her autograph memorabilia in storage. And she almost, uh, lost almost oh, all wow. of her. Oh, wow. Well, I've, I've got a story to share with everyone. Tommy Toon. Tommy Toon lives Tommy. in uh, an apartment. Uh, a penthouse apartment. A fellow Texan. I love this guy. I've been to many parties at his home. Uh, well, you know, you I, interviewed well, our friend. You interviewed my friend Tina Walsh. She's a very good friend of his. Yes, yes. Who's been to that? Who's been to his place? Yeah. And mm -hmm. so when Tommy moved into this apartment, mm -hmm. uh, and it's a beautiful penthouse apartment, he just didn't have an, enough storage space for all of his things. Mm -hmm. So he put. Photographs everything into a storage unit on 23rd Street in Chelsea. And then Hurricane Sandy came through, and it that entire area was underwater. And he lost everything. He lost photographs from his career, um, letters from the Queen of England, uh, personal letters from. Uh, many of the dignitaries and important uh, people from the 20th century, they were yeah. all gone, gone. And mm -hmm. uh, he, he he did a whole segment uh, in his show um, where he went up on a stepladder and sat on the stepladder and sang mm -hmm. up on the roof, looking down on ha having lost everything. And then he realized he had his friends, he had his health, he had his dog, uh, he had all the things that truly mattered. And all mm -hmm. of those things were just, and it goes back to what you said earlier, they're symbols of memories. Yeah. So I would like, if I may, I'd like to read the first part of my chapter on why we hold on to material things, which is on page 126 of the book, for those of you who haven't. Francis Shea, I am mailing yours today. I didn't have your phone number, so I couldn't send it. So I do have your phone number now. Here's a quote from, are we all familiar with Ianla uh, uh, Van Zandt? She had a reality show. She had a, yeah, I love her. She said, a true sense of happiness stems from a strong sense of being, not from what you own. Uh, and here's my truth. Like places, we hold on to material things because of thoughts and the feelings they trigger both negative and positive. This keeps us stuck in the quicksand of stuff. We must let go of things in order to move forward emotionally, physically, spiritually, and energetically in order to create a space to welcome in what we say we desire and require. A good example of this teaching is um, uh, uh, the, the, the concept of creating a void to allow in what we say we really desire and require. And that's, um, that's a Hicks, that's a Hicks saying, you know, uh, uh, um, we, 
how can we welcome in more of what we desire require when we're stuffed full of these other things that we don't really require? We desire them because we've got feelings attached to them. That doesn't mean that we've got to have them. Other people can have them. Other people can enjoy them. Um, and our memories of our, Natasha says, but I still have memories and love of the family. Yes, our memories and our love are in here. They're not in that other inanimate object. Uh, when I moved here in Santa Fe, I moved to a much a beautiful uh, gated community, yet my home is smaller than what I was in previously. And I gave away three antiques. I gave away three antiques, a sofa. I gave them away. I sold a fantastic king-size bed with a brass headboard and footboard, and not for that much money. I just, you know, I got a little bit for it, yet uh, there was a shop owner in the plaza, of all people, that bought that bed for me. When I found out what shop she owned, I went, oh, my God, I'm meeting you? She goes, yes, we need this bed. I love this bed. And I said, okay, great, you know. Uh, and and I'm and I don't even miss them. I don't even miss these things in order to fit into this smaller place that I'm in, in this gated community. And it, it was just the right thing to do at the right time. And I'm still looking through. I, I, okay, so I've moved to, I'm from Dallas. I lived in New York. I've lived in LA. I lived in Mexico for a moment until a hurricane chased me off. You know, and I, every time I have purged things. And I, one of the things I've been called to purge on a lot are books. I love books. Probably one of the reasons that I wrote one. I have, I have taken books to resale shops. I have given away books. I've sold them for pennies. Why? Because I can live without them. And now I'm noticing that I, I have a library of sort of metaphysical books that I used to uh, look at on at times for research or whatever. But guess what? We have the internet now. I don't need these books anymore. All I got to do is Google it. I mean, I really don't need the, a, a lot of the books that I'm left with. And now I'm looking through these books going, okay, I can get rid of this and I can get rid of that. I don't really require them for my research. Do you know now, that I Richard? Have, yes. I have over a thousand CDs. A good that lord. I that I don't listen to because I listen to everything on my device now. I, everything streams for me. I mean, I do have certain CDs that have been signed. Uh, mm -hmm to me by these as well mm -hmm. and those are special to me especially if they've been personally autographed to me mm -hmm. those that you want to hold on to but everything else i do want to let go of and let those uh i want to respond to something um and pico says he says can anyone name a single item in an antique shop that is actually needed that is not a luxury you know there's a great book out and it's called want Huh. And uh, because want, for most kids, mm -hmm. uh, some kids learn the word want before they learn mom, the word mommy or daddy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, because we are taught, we are taught we want food. We want to be changed. We want to be uh, nurtured. We want to be uh, kept yeah. warm. We want yeah. to do all these things. And we go through life. And I saw a psychologist once. And he said, everything in our culture changed with the TV series, Davy Crockett, because Davy Crockett oh. was the first show on TV uh -huh. 
that truly uh-huh. mass marketed to kids. Oh my God, that hat. Coonskin cat. Oh my gosh, the hat. And yeah. Every kid in America had to have a coonskin cap. Mm-hmm. And kids started, and think about this most of those parents were parents, they, these were the baby boober parents mm-hmm. uh, who had come out of the Depression era yep. where they had grown up going without. And so they come through a generation where they say, my kids are going to have. Mm-hmm. My kids are not going to go through life going without. And so these kids had to have it. And kids in school were made to feel ostracized if they didn't If they have- didn't have the damn hat. Yeah. Well, you know, and- that goes with the cereal industry, too. Look at all the toys, you know, the little the compasses and the little, the little rings back in the days. It started in the 50s, right? Where you had to have that box of cereal because of the toy inside. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And you, kids, you know, you see something, and uh, even now you uh, see a commercial on TV uh, mm-hmm. for fast food or something. Mm-hmm. Um, now you don't even have to get get up to go to McDonald's. Uh, you can call Grubhub and they deliver it to you. Uh, yes. That's the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. And everything is. is easily accessible to you. Yeah. Yeah, I want... Okay, here here it is. I need... Here it is. Yeah. I mean, uh, I order stuff online, yet I don't... I, I really look at... Do I really require this or I'm just liking it? Just because we love it doesn't mean we have to own it. <laughs> no. We could, we could admire it from a, from afar. You know, we, we don't have to have that thing. You know, it's just, can can we not enjoy things from afar and not have them in our home and not wear them? You know what I'm saying? Well, when Carol Channing, as you know, Uh-oh. is a friend. Mm-hmm. Well, Carol Channing, uh, when she went through her uh, last, uh, the horrible end of her marriage with uh, Charles, mm-hmm. um, and then... She a lot of her things were auctioned off, and mm-hmm. I had to have some of those things. Of course, I had to have them. So I'm online bidding away, like you wouldn't mm-hmm. believe it, things that I could barely afford. Right. And uh, let me ch- rephrase that: <laughs> things I could not afford. Well, you somehow that, you somehow afforded something because I have a husband that said. You really want those, don't you? Okay. I am bidding away, and I was given a certain leeway Mm -hmm. as to how far Mm -hmm. I could bid on those things. And Uh I had to have them. I had to have them. And I ended up with five costume pieces that meant Uh the world to me. And and I was going crazy bidding on these things. Uh, And with my heart palpitating. That, you know, and, but I just recently got rid of them i just recently yes. sold them you and did. uh and people are like oh my god how could you uh, how could you let go and but it was time yes uh, it, it, and i don't miss them they were just hanging in my closet what right. was i going to do with them uh-huh yeah when that auction happened i don't, nobody from my cast bought anything 
uh, we had our own memories. We have our own, you know, we're still connected. The two, the two show, the two tours I did with Carol in Hilma Valley. I didn't buy anything from the auction. I still have handwritten notes from her. And we've all got pictures of her with us backstage, clowning around, you know, at a, at one of the parties she gave us. You know, we, we all still have the pictures and that's all we require. We didn't require to own a piece of that. We, we, why? Because we lived it. We lived, we lived it with her. And, you know, I'll bring up something and maybe you can weigh in on it. Uh, and, but for some things, it's just a matter of bragging rights. It's okay. Just, uh, it's a story. It's a story. It's a story to, you know, mm -hmm. to go out and tell people that I own this. Um, and you don't, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, that was never what it was for me. For me, owning mm -hmm. those things was that I felt that I had a piece of her history Sure. Uh, you know, a part of her. And she even signed, you know, her Cecilia Sisson hat. She personally uh, uh, signed uh, to me on the inside. Um, and, but with, and it took me years before I was able to let go of it. Uh, and I'm letting go of a lot of things right now. Uh, um, I'd like to, can I comment on something before we yes. lose the moment? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to read it, Roger. We're going to no, come back ahead. to that because I have questions about the girl thing. So Aaron Kalev, I don't know how yes. to pronounce this. I, said. I had a religious medal that my mother gave me when I was 14. I was told it would protect me, and I wore it for years until the chain broke, and I accidentally lost it in my 30s. I went into a panic, but then resolved to the fact that I would have to live without it. I found it years later and immediately put it around my neck, feeling like I had the protection again. I, I woke in the middle of the night, realizing the power the medal and my mother had over me and got rid of the metal. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, Erin. I'm not laughing at you, but that's a, that's a hilarious story because it's true. We, we already have it within us, yet we'd like to believe that these outside objects give us something else that we may not, you know, already have, and we have to have it or we're going to die. You know, thank you, Erin. Thank you for saying that, Erin. Okay, thank you. Oh, Aaron says, no, it's funny. Yes, it is funny. Thank you, Aaron. I really appreciate there that. People, there are people who will be five minutes away from an airport. Uh-huh. And they will realize that they left a lucky charm or a talisman uh -huh. or something behind. And they will turn around and go back and get it. Because yes. that's the power that that has over them. That outside object outside themselves must have some sort of power that they don't have within themselves. But guess what? It's all within us. It's already there. Yeah. Like, so, you know, we talk in my book, I talk about how, you know, people say, oh, I'm cut since off from my. Here, uh, since Erin is here, I have something I'm giving yes. to her. Can oh, I my gosh. It? So. Oh, how funny. What is that? It's Carol. Oh, it's a paper doll. doll. Shut it's, up. I'm giving. I'm giving it to Erin. I've been Shut waiting for up. her to call me so that I could. Uh, but I. But this is hers. I'm sending it to her, and this is something that I've been holding on to for a long. That's adorable. Long time. But she's got to call me in order to get it. She's not going to get okay, it. Okay, Erin. Erin, call call Richard. Um, <laughs> that's funny. And guess what, Erin? This these paper dolls, Erin. These paper dolls will protect you from evil if you wear them in your bra. <laughs> Um, I, 
Uh, yeah, well, getting back to Carol, you know, we both worked with her. I mean, I toured with her, which is a really different experience. And you were very good friends with her. Um, I, you know, I, my experience with being with her and performing with her and her sometimes shaking her finger at me and her sometimes hugging me was enough. Like, I, I don't require any, I don't require a Carol doll. I don't, actually, you do have a Carol doll that I kind of like, actually, Richard. But other than that, I don't need her costumes. You have this Carol doll. You know that Carol doll with the blonde hair and it kind of, it's like this cloth doll. It, it cracks me up. Which it one? Cracks, I don't know. It just cracks me up. It's several dolls. Well, tell me which one you want. I'll send it to I you. I don't know. I don't necessarily desire it it just cracks me up it's like this it's like you you've shown a picture of it before it has the bowl haircut and it's got the fabric arms and legs and it's got the red dress on and it's got this weird face I don't know. Uh, is it uh is it the uh the ventriloquist doll i don't know is there a ventriloquist doll There's i don't know Danny, can we're you getting, bring me the ventriloquist doll? We're getting a little off track here, yet it just cracks me up when I see pictures of it because I'm like, I, I feel like it's a, I feel like it's a horror film, and she's about to come to life in this doll and no, look around. You know, my my cat, <laughs> my cat loves this ventriloquist doll. My uh, my uh, your cat loves. You have a cat? Yeah, uh, my cat. I, well, I have two cats, and my cat. Oh, oh, I just know about the dog. Yeah. Well, here she is. <laughs> Is this oh, her? is that her? Oh, that's her. That's hysterical. That's just, it's creepy. It's fabulous and creepy. And it also looks like, it doesn't look like Carol. It looks like, I don't know what it looks like. It doesn't look like Carol at all. It's a ventriloquist doll. You want it, that's hysterical. You want it? That's, okay, if you send it to me, I'm going to do half my show. I'm going to do Carol. Well, well, did you get them all? Sarah, I'm going to send you this, and then you, but you need you need to do a selfie with this and uh, the who celebrates mug. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. That's hysterical. That dog is creepy and fabulous at the same time, and I don't, I can't tell you why. It just, it just is so funny. Okay, so besides, okay, so besides the Carol Channing stuff, Richard. Richard, yes, Richard, <laughs> I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> Richard, um, what else are you getting? Do you feel like you do you feel like you're required to get rid of some other stuff, or besides the CDs? Besides the CDs, well, I'm getting I'm getting rid of the CDs. Okay. I, 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 I've been what I've been doing is I I'm look I sit in my office. My walls are covered because this office that I sit in. If I if the cameras could go around and you could all see what my office looks like, uh -oh. uh, my office is a shrine to Carol Channing. Okay, and uh, because there are photographs. Why am I not surprised? I'm not surprised. But, but for 20 years of my life, my show uh, I, I performed as yes. Carol. We became friends and everything. However, mm -hmm. um, that aspect of my life is now in the rearview mirror. I am ready to let go completely. Okay. And I desire that my walls reflect who I am now. Who you and are. Where I desire to go. Okay. And I have a vision board that I put up. I've got other things that I'm looking at where I desire okay. to go. And mm -hmm. I want to see my future ahead of me instead of my past. 
And right oh now, my God, we need to quote that. I desire to see my future ahead of me instead of my past. I love that, Richard. Bravo. Yeah. Everybody clap for Richard in your in your desk. <laughs> clap if you it's believe all, it. all applaud Richard for saying that. But it's it's so I'm just letting go of all this stuff. And okay. uh, and I've been going through uh I, I mean I went through what for the last few days, uh mm -hmm. I have been going through, I have a bin uh behind these curtains. Um, of reviews and everything. The reviews, I'm, I'm not going to throw them out, obviously. They're great reviews. Are they, are they, paper, are they hard copy paper reviews? They're hard copy uh, reviews. Well, honey, you can digitalize all I of that stuff. Them, uh, I mean, Danny did a, a great job. I mean, Erin, yeah. uh, 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 I actually gave her uh, this book that Danny put together uh, as a gift uh, of mm -hmm. photographs of me and Carol over the years of our friendship mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. And uh, what I want to do is I want to take my reviews and I mm -hmm. want to put them into a book form so that they're okay. all in a scrapbook type and get rid of okay. all the paper. I want to get rid of all the paper. That's a really good idea. You know, in 1998, I was Billboard Magazine's New Dance Music Artist of the Year. And I had one magazine and I lost it. So my friend Denise in Arizona, we were roommates in New York, and she was around during that time. She came to see me with her daughter, Savannah, uh, uh, I don't know, last year or something. And she she goes, oh, I have that review for you. Here it is. It was a crumpled, torn up piece of paper. It wasn't even in the magazine. Because <laughs> I thought, oh, maybe I'll frame this. No, it wasn't even frameable. It was so sad, you know. <laughs> And I thought, and the archives are not even available of this magazine anymore. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting that I really wanted the hard copy to frame? And as if I have any wall space left, I have so much art. Um, and I just laughed at myself. And I thought, why did I really, why did I desire that so badly? I can't even frame it. I tossed it, you know. But the cool thing about it is that on the page with my picture was also a picture of Patti LaBelle, which I thought was because I thought, oh, that's really cool, you know. Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye, review. I don't give a crap anymore. Bye-bye. I did it. It was done. I can't prove it, and I don't even give a shit if I can't prove it. Yes, I said shit. Sorry. Um, I, I, you know, I have my memories. I have my, you know, I had my careers. I've had my reviews, and I know they're true, and that's all I need. It's all I need. I don't need to have a museum. You know, I don't need to have an installation of all, all my reviews on the wall and everything I've ever done. I know, and my friends know, and that's all I require. But, you know, I'm glad we're having this conversation tonight because, I mean, even verbalizing this out loud, that's what I'm going, that's going to be my goal for the next year. I'm putting all these into a book form. So, and then we'll sell them. Okay. <laughs> all righty then. We'll give them out here on the show. I want to show uh, Francis, uh, one thing that we don't want to get rid, uh, rid of I mean, this is like the Home Shopping Network tonight. Uh, it is. Look at this. This is Francis. I love this picture. With Richard Skipper Celebrates Mugs. So I love it. So I want to thank both of them, you know, for doing that. If you, uh, I do have a store now. You can buy merchandise and uh, have a selfie taken and send it to us. And uh, we'll put it on the show. We'll bring it up. Yeah, and I, I'm still shopping for a, a shop of my own. I haven't found a company that's that has yet to 
deliver everything I desire and require for all of my let that go merchandise. I'm working on it. I just haven't found anybody that makes me happy yet. So, Cassandra, <laughs> has there been anything um, that was very difficult for you to let go of um, materially that you, uh, and then sometimes things go out of your life. Shirley MacLaine, who we desire to have on this show. Yeah, I love well, her. Shirley MacLaine says in one of her books, and I know Natasha just finished reading Dancing in the Light, but yeah. in one of her books, she had a fire and she mm -hmm. lost this piece of jewelry that she had had all of her life. Yes, yes. And she said that as her house was burning down, all she was thinking about was that piece of jewelry that mm -hmm. she lost. And then she realized, as Erin pointed out, the hold that that piece of jewelry held over her. Mm -hmm. And that she, you know, just, she eventually just said, you know, she would never allow anything to have that kind of control right. over her again. I had my high school graduation ring and another ring given to me as a high school gift. It was a ruby and diamond ring were stolen from me in my 20s. And I was devastated. Uh, I went to visit a friend and I took the rings off to wash my hands. And he had another friend there who I know stole the rings. And then neither of them would fess up to it. And it really upset me. And now I'm okay with it. But it took me, I was upset with about that for years. Um, now my high school memories are my high school memories. The gift was a gift and I let go of it. I think I'm probably one of the very few people from my graduating class that does not have their, their ring. I don't have mine. Ring. Yeah. Uh, that was devastating. I remember how devastating that was for me. And it wasn't just losing the rings. It was the fact that someone stole them from me was a big one. That was a big one. Um, I lost in one of my moves. I lost my charm bracelet that was co created by my grandmother. Mm. Just disappeared, and I was a little upset about that. It being in my, you know, being fifty years old, um, I'd had it all my life, and it took a while for me to get over that. I felt not. Here's what I realized: it, it wasn't just I never wore it. Yet I felt like I let my grandmother down. Yet she was gone. So. I apologized to her on you know, the other side. I said, I'm so sorry. You, you created that all my life and I lost it and I apologize. And so, you know, yet I had her charm bracelet, interestingly, and I took it apart and I gave everybody's charms to everybody in the family. My father, my, my brother, my cousins, they all got charms that were made for them on her charm bracelet. I gave them all away to them. Yeah, it's very those, those little things meant a lot to me. Yet I let go of it. I uh, well, well, I'll talk about a bigger thing to let go of. Uh oh, a major big thing to let go of. Yes. Uh, a few years ago, Danny and I went back to my hometown, mm -hmm. uh, and I want and I, I was just in this nostalgic mood, and we were going around. I was showing Danny where I grew up and everything. The house that I grew up in was completely gone. Oh yeah. And uh, it's, there's a bank now on the property uh -huh. um, where I, I used to go for a long, there, we were in the country 
And now there's a McDonald's across from where I grew up. There's a bank there. It's uh-huh. a completely different. It, it's completely different. But I stood, the church is still there where I, I used to walk to church every morning. And I stood on that bank property and cried. Oh, I believe you. Because, I believe and, you. Um, and also my grandmother's house, mm-hmm. um, the house that I grew up practically in, because I spent a lot of time with my paternal grandparents, um, a few years after they were both gone, uh, my uncle on, who on the property gave the property to his daughter and she bulldozed the house. Wow. Because she wanted wow. to have her own house. And she has this house that looks like Tara and gone with the wind there now. That <laughs> is... <laughs> no, what was the name? Was that the name of the house? Was it Tara? Tara. Is that the name of the house on, yes. the, on Gone with the Wind? Tara. Well, wait, but here's the thing. Here's some comfort. Gone with the Wind is so politically incorrect now. <laughs> so no, every time. So, I, so there's there's a happy ending. But every time we go by there, I mean, even now when we yeah. we haven't I haven't been home in a couple of years because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. But when I do go past where the house, that I just it's heartbreaking to me. Yeah. Uh, and I and I realize those memories are there. I mean, mm-hmm. I unfortunately don't. My sister sent me a photograph the other day, and it's my sister and myself in my grandparents' kitchen mm-hmm. with both my grandparents. And I was so thrilled to get this photograph, which I've never seen before. And it's one of the few shots that I even have of us together in uh-huh. their kitchen. And that was a a favorite place in the uh, the kitchen was it for everyone at my grandparents. I write, and in my book, I write about, there. I met somebody else that had the same uh, situation that I did, lost a family house. Uh, by the way, none of the family houses we had in our family are, are for us now. They're gone. They're all gone. And it was sad to lose all of them. But this particular one that my grandparents had, um, it's a little house. You know, it seems so big when we we're growing up. It's a little two-bedroom, one-bath house, but it was filled with so much love. We used to squeeze the whole family in there for every holiday, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas and people's birthdays. Um, it's gone. We don't own it anymore. We haven't in years. And I used to drive by this house. This, the story's in my book, and I, I have a friend named Ben who um, had the same experience. And I would drive by the house and just be so sad. You know, that we didn't have, that I couldn't, you know, we couldn't have that house anymore. And one day I saw a for sale sign in it and I went in, it was a showing and there was a, a a real estate agent in there. And I said, I'd like for you to know that I grew up in this house. They had replaced all the back. We had what we called the back porch, mm-hmm. which was not, it was originally a screened in porch, but then they windowed it in, but it had these old crank windows in it. Well, they took them out yet. They saved the wood frames of these windows and had them hanging up as, in their distressed form as art on the walls. And I said, oh, those used to be back there. He goes, oh, you know that? I'm like, yeah, let me take you on a little tour. Well, years ago in the 70s, I, <laughs> I taped everything up and repainted the house. And we had these French doors that went off of the dining room into the back porch. And they still, to that day, had leftover tape markings on the glass for my tape. 
And I said, why are these still here? He goes, I don't know. We just thought they were a part of the house and we didn't take them off. And I said, okay, that's my tape. And so I got to see the house again. And it made me, it, it truly made me happy to see the house again that I grew up in. Yet it had been updated and had central air and heat. Back in the old days, we had those furnaces, you know, we had a floor furnace in the living room that I used to think the devil lived in there. It was like the devil was in the floor, in the square. And it went, it went, shh, you know, and it had all this heat and under it, you were like, the devil's down there. I know it. It was like hell heating up our house. And um, it's all been completely updated. And, you know, and I was able to, when I started writing this book, I did my own work on around the sadness. And it wasn't that I was sad we didn't have a house anymore. I was sad we, we, those memory, those, those times were over and I worked, I stopped driving by the house. Number one, I stopped driving by the house as a shortcut because that was a shortcut for me for years. Stopped driving by the house and started taking a different route and was able to try on more of an appreciation for those times and those years in that house. And I felt today, and now I don't have any sad feelings or any negative feelings about the house anymore and about the family member who sold it out from under it's a long story yet no more no more of that anymore the negativity is gone and um we can i feel like if we if we allow ourselves we can embrace those happy times and let go of the sadness of what we don't have anymore it does take some work i'm not gonna lie and the prayers in the book, in my book, in the back, you yes. can let, I have, I have templates for anything. You can let go of anything, it's, including places. Well, I love what Jane Fonda says in her autobiography. She says, there needs to be a statute of limitations as to how long we hold on to those things. It's because an expiration date. It will, uh, expiration date, because mm -hmm. otherwise it will freeze us in our tracks. You know, I will share this with you. Um, this photograph, which I've shared before, is my mentor, Florence Epps. Um, uh -huh. She, um, when I was a kid, I used to go to her house on Wednesday and Thursday afternoons, and she had a little playhouse in her backyard. And I used to go and we would study from the classics. I would read from biographies. She taught me everything. She was the one person who mm -hmm. believed in me. When everybody else told me that I was crazy and that I was, uh, you know, living a pipe dream and that I would never this, she believed in me. And I would go to her house. I, when um, I used to clean in her house in exchange for these lessons. And then wow. one time I was home and my sister and I were riding around in my hometown and mm -hmm. I see that there's a for sale sign in front of the house. And I said, I want to walk through that house just one more time. Sure. And so my sister and I, we called and we walked into the playhouse. I asked when we went there and I says, could we see the playhouse? And the realtor said, how do you know about the playhouse? And mm -hmm. I told her the story that I used to go there when I was a kid. And so she said, well, you know, you can go in and look at it. And there was a box of photographs. Hmm. And I said, could I have that box of photographs? Oh. And she said, no. She said, they belong to the house. And the new owners will decide what they're going to do with it. Well, okay. Sarah, you and I both know what the new owners are going to do with that box of photographs. Mm -hmm. So um, my, I, my sister and I cooked up this whole idea. Um, she got a phone call. And I've never stolen anything in my life except for this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I haven't. 
Are you sure? I'm going to show the only thing you've ever stolen. That's the only thing I've ever stolen, uh, except your heart. Um, But I'm going to tell one other thing I'm going to share. When we went to Carol Channing's house, um, and I've told this story before, but Carol, uh, they had boxes and boxes and boxes of photographs. Oh, sure. And Harry had no idea who most of these people were. And they were going to throw these photographs out. And uh, when certain people came into Carol's home um, and this is what Carol left the house to go live with her cousin-in-law because certain people were coming in and taking her things and just putting them in boxes because it didn't mean anything to them. Obviously they meant something to her. They covered Mm -hmm. her walls, but you know, we again learn to let go. Okay. I had to read something out loud. Okay. From Doug McAllister. Yes. Good. My uncle owned a, da- a dairy in the city, and I used to go and watch in the basement and watch them make popsicles. I laugh so hard now because now in the basement, in the popsicle room, is a gay bathhouse. <laughs> There's a euphemism in that story. <laughs> That's the best. Oh I, love that. I, I love it. I love it. Okay. I think we're, I think we've, I think we've, I think we're good now. We're we're at yes, the we end, are. aren't we? Of- we are. We've let we've let go, but we've you know what else? We, we've let go of a lot of negativity this week. Oh Everybody yes. I was saying that this is one of the best shows because we've laughed, we've had good time, we've shared. We gotta laugh. We, we gotta go. laugh about it. We, we gotta laugh. So I'm gonna first of all let me do our giveaway, um, and I I do want to say if you already have the book, and you win again tonight give the book away to someone else Mm -hmm. Um, or you can get a mug and you can also give that away to someone else. Yes. So ever who wins, it's your choice as to whether you get the mug or you get the book. So I'd like to say, whatever you do, please tell your friends about our show and about the book. If you know, everybody has something they are called to let go of, even if they say they don't. I want people to, I have nothing to let go of. I say, do you live in a cave by yourself in the wilderness with no newspaper, telephone, or television? You know, so please tell everybody about the show and about the book because everybody's got something to let go of, darlings. But do you see who won Doug McCallum? Oh my gosh, Doug wins all the time. Doug wins. Well, Doug, what we're going to do is we're going to send you a box of popsicles. We're going to stop. <laughs> Well, Doug, um, uh, uh, Kasira, yes, forward Doug your uh, the, the the link to get on because after the uh-huh. show tonight, uh, the link that I gave you to come on to do the show tonight uh-huh. because we're going to end the show now, but Doug can come on and join you and me after the show is over. Okay. Okay. So well, I did. I did send Doug got a gift, another gift from me. So Doug's but, good on the in the gift department. Okay, but send him the link so he can join us if he's available to come on and join you and me after the show is over. Okay. So right. I'm going to say my closing remarks, then I'm going to leave the screen, give you this. Um, next week is Labor Day weekend. So next Sunday uh, on the 4th, we are going to do a special uh, edition. We're doing a show at uh, 12 noon. So you can still join us, hopefully. And then go out and have a wonderful uh, picnic or whatever it is that you do 
on Labor Day and our topic next week. Let me let me announce the topic. Okay. The topic is are you able to let go enough to enjoy a holiday? Yes. So that's uh uh and uh Doug has Doug has a need to explain We don't say the word need. We don't have we don't use the word need. Well, he has an intention uh, to explain the popsicle room. Yes. I think that he should let go of that. So, uh, <laughs> so whatever that is. I think we get it, darling. Yes. So I think we, we get, get it, it, darling. We get it. we get it. So anyway, everyone, the word of the day is justice. And Kasira questions, you know, or asked why the word justice? We, there's a lot going on right now with everything. We need to, I'm going to get rid of the word need, the intention for myself. I can yes. only speak for me. I can only, you can all process the way you want to. My intention is to let go of preconceived thoughts and ideas of what the outcome should be. Absolutely. Uh, there's so much going on. I was having a conversation today uh, with a dear friend of mine who is so far to the other side of the way I believe politically, but we did not hang up on each other. We listened to each other and we still ended the phone conversation with, I love you. I said, I love you. And she says, I love you more. Even after I brought up things that she did not want to hear. And, but we had that conversation. We need, uh, we, my intention is to let go of those preconceived ideas and find justice within ourselves. Yep. What justifies any of us feeling the way that we do? Think about it as you go throughout the next week. Uh, as I do with every show, as Kasira said, please tell your friends. After tonight's show, you can do Kasira and myself a huge favor by leaving a comment on YouTube, even if you've left comments here, uh, letting others know what you please, think about the show. Please. Uh, and also, we've gotten some really great feedback on my book personally, but you know, we've gotten some really amazing emails and texts about personal things about what the book has done for them and how they utilized it. If, if you guys who have the book, please go onto Amazon, onto the book page, the Kasira McKee Let That Go page, and please write a review so that other people that are looking at the book and looking for ways to let go of things can see what it's done for you. Uh, that's the way people do the work. They, they look at other people and their experiences with the work. So if you wouldn't mind doing that, that'd be awesome. And just so you know, you know, Richard and I don't get paid to do this. We just do it. We just do it. Uh, and, and so it would just, we're doing it because we care about people and we really want to assist people on the planet in evolving into higher vibrational beings. Um, so if you, if you, you know, please subscribe to the page, please, you know, leave a, an Amazon review and please tell your friends about the work. Um, I, I know, I realize there are a lot of people out there that are allergic to this kind of work. And the first time they hear it, they go, eh, you know, yet, um, I don't know if you know, but Richard's book club chose my book as their new book and it's changing, it's changing lives. Yes. 
It's yeah. changing lives. And, and all of the people in the book club have these, which we cannot divulge because what happens in the book club stays in the book clubs. But okay. yet I can tell you that it's changed. It's we, I, we had a couple of people that were kind of allergic to it at the beginning and now they're going, Oh, I get it now. Okay. Well, this is what's happening. So it really is a way for us to really help you raise your vibration and become higher ascended beings and, and, change the planet for the better now you're not obligated to change the planet yet it is what happens when you do this kind of work and i also want to remind everyone that yeah. it is sunday so after our show tonight i will be working on the skipper's guide which comes out tonight at midnight which gives yeah. a complete lineup of what's coming up the week ahead mm -hmm. uh you can subscribe to the skipper's guide by going to richardskipper.com and don't worry you will not be spammed uh i do not give away email addresses and i do not send out numerous no. emails it comes no. out once a week on sunday nights at midnight and right. uh, i have a great lineup of people coming up in the next week and if you want to know who they are please go and subscribe to that uh i do end every show by telling everyone to go out and do something nice for somebody else without expecting anything in return absolutely uh, go to your facebook friends list and reach out to the sixth person that pops up and reach yep. out with a phone call not an email message not a text message not a private inbox message but a phone call uh when i interviewed Joanna Gleason. She brought up something very interesting about Sunday nights and a phenomenon. There is a thing called the Sunday blues that a lot of people experience on Sunday nights. And it's something, it's the week is ending, a new week is beginning, and they're at this vortex in the road. So if you pick, take the time after tonight's show to make a phone call to one person, you could truly change that person's life and let that person know what they mean to you. Again, as my dear friend Sean Moniger says, we're all in this together, but we're not in the same boat. And you never know what someone else is going through right now. True. And as you all know, I always say, if you're going to go out in a boat, make sure you bring a skipper and a diva along. So I'm going to leave ah. the screen. And Kasira, you've got the final word before our fabulous closing credits tonight. It's all yours. So in case you're wondering, the vocalist in our new theme song is me. I was a dance music artist for many years, and I'm actually going to do a new song for the show, which I'm very excited about, uh, which was a surprise. And you'll see in the future what my new song is going to be. But yes, I am the singer of the song. Um, because, okay, so I, one of my favorite reality show hosts is Dr. Robin Zossio. She is the therapist that runs the show Hoarders. And she wrote a book called The Hoarders in uh, The Hoarder in You. It's a fascinating book. And um, she says, I think the majority of us see a tiny bit of ourselves reflected in hoarders. The way hoarders think about their possessions is in many ways not terribly different from the way non-hoarders approach the stuff in their lives. I can't tell you how many times I've asked my clients why they can't get rid of an individual item. And their answer is because I'm afraid if I throw it out, I'll need it in the future. 
On other occasions I hear, because it would be wasteful to get rid of something that could still be used, or it is such a good deal, I couldn't pass it up, or this item was given to me by someone I love and I don't feel right about throwing it out. It's easy to see how clutter can interfere with your life in very practical ways and cause you to waste many hours of your week searching for things that you need. It can also make it difficult to be calm and present and enjoy your life to the fullest and cause unnecessary and unnecessary unnecessary stress and uh, frustration. In other words, it's not the items themselves that evoke fearful and anxious feelings. It's the thoughts and feelings we attach to the items. So I'm encouraging you to, if you're covering yourself in stuff, please let it go. It's not going to matter. It's not going to hurt anybody. It's only going to assist you. I love you. Thank you so much for watching. This has been so fun. Thank you for all of our regular watchers, and I hope to see new watchers next time. Have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful week, and we'll see you next Sunday. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.